0: Hi, I'm Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions, our study of 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 3 this week, day one of our look at that chapter. We're going to be looking, actually, at some of the verses out of the last chapter today, beginning towards chapter 3, because we're continuing this look at the authentic life. And in chapter 3 and the last part of chapter 2, Paul talks about the emotions that go along with this authentic life of making a difference in your life, through your life, because of Jesus Christ, the emotions that go along with ministry, the emotions that go along with serving people, the emotions that go along with God using you to make a difference in this world. Now, at first look, this chapter, chapter 3, seems to be just some information about what Paul and Timothy did. But when you look deeper, you see the heart that's behind it. And it's an honest talk about God using you. It's an honest talk about the emotions, the feelings that go along with that, both the good and the bad. This week, we're going to look together at five emotions of ministry, and here's the point as we look at these. We're we're all ministers. We all are people that God wants to use to make a difference in this world, and so we're all going to experience all five of these feelings. We're in ministry to our families, to the people we work with, to church. Ministry simply means serving, and we're all to serve. Jesus said, I came to serve, and to give you an example. There's good news and bad news here when it comes to the emotions, because both are part of ministry. Now, I want to, as we take a look at this passage of Scripture, help you to realize that sometimes the passages of Scripture that we think are boring, that are just mere information, when you look just a little bit deeper, that's where you discover some incredible truths. These truths about the emotions of ministry, five emotions, begin really back at the end of chapter 2 where Paul talks about the first of these five emotions, and I would call it the emotion of intense longing. Let me read 2:17 through 20. "'But brothers, when we were torn away from you "'for a short time, in person, not in thought, "'out of our intense longing, "'we made every effort to see you. "'For we wanted to come to you, "'certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, "'but Satan stopped us. "'For what is our hope, our joy, "'or the crown in which we will glory "'in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes?' Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. And then going into chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens, and we sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Paul talks about this intense longing. He had an intense longing for God's will to happen in the world an intense longing for people to grow and lives to change. 2,000 years later, you read these words of Paul, you can still feel the love that he had for people as you read this chapter. When I say intense longing, what do you think of? Let's say you've been on a diet for nine months, and you really like chocolate, and so you go out to a restaurant, and the person you're with orders a huge piece of chocolate cake. They bring this cake to the table, and the person you're with leaves the table for a few minutes, and it's just you and the chocolate cake. Is what I'm talking about, when I talk about intense longing, the feeling you'd have just then? Well, let me just say, not at all. It's something a lot bigger and a lot deeper than even that. All of us know what it means to really want something to happen for our success. We all know what it means to intensely long to achieve or to succeed. We all we all have that feeling. We have those feelings in ministry, too, and we're serving, too. But when Paul talks about intense longing, he's talking about something even deeper than that. It's more than an intense desire to achieve. It's a desire. It's a desire to be effective. It's a desire to be. The Bible word is fruitful. It's a desire to make a difference in this world. To see people's lives changed. It's not just about me anymore. It's about other people's lives being changed. And as Paul talks about this experience of intense longing with the people in Thessalonica, he gives us some some quick ideas of what this feeling, this emotion grows out of in our lives. This intense desire grows out of three or four things he talks about here. First, he says, it grew for me out of a time when I was torn away. And that's true for us also. Sometimes this intense longing grows out of times when you're torn away. Paul had been with them only two weeks. Then he'd been forced to leave by persecution. There is an intense longing when you try to minister to someone, but you're torn away from that circumstance. You love what you're doing. And God maybe moves you. Maybe God's even the one who moves you to a different place. Maybe you love a church that you're involved with and God sends you somewhere else. Or you love your small group and God tells you to leave your small group and go make a difference somewhere else, start a new small group. You have an intense longing that comes out of that. If you really want a good picture of this intense longing when you're torn away from something that you really love, all you have to do is go to an elementary school on the first day of kindergarten. And watch all the parents watch their little kindergartners march off to class. The look on the parents' faces is that feeling of being torn away. And you have it in ministry too. And Paul says, even out of that comes this feeling of intense longing. I want to do more because I realize I can do more. He goes on and he says, this feeling for me grew out of times when I tried again and again. For we wanted, he said, to come to you again and again. We think sometimes, well, if I'm serving God, if I'm trying to make a difference in the world, it's always going to work out. If I really want to do it for God, if I feel like God has called me to do it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty easy to see it work out. The surprise sometimes about ministry is that you can, you can pray the greatest prayers, you can have the greatest faith, and it's not going to happen every time the way that you want it to happen, or when you want it to happen. There are many, there are many, many times when you're ministering to someone in your family, or someone on a mission trip, or someone in a small group, and you have to try again and again. It is not in the first try when God uses you to make a difference. Now, he begins to use you in that first try, but it's not in the first try that you see him using you to make a difference. It's in the 10th or the 20th try that you see it. God's been working all along, but that's when you see it. And out of that need to try again and again, to give yourself to it again and again, comes this intense longing. You either give up or you give in to this feeling of intense longing. Paul says, this intense longing also grew in my life through times when Satan tried to stop me. There are times when Satan tries to stop you. When you're stopped by opposition or by persecution or by temptation, who do you think is behind that? Satan is behind that. And Satan will stop you. There will be times when he throws up a barrier in your way of ministry. He doesn't want us to succeed in ministry, so he will stop you. God allows Satan to have a certain degree of power in this world. Just until the end, then it'll be gone. Now, Satan can't make you fall to a temptation. That's your choice. But he can throw other barriers in your way, things that other people do that do stop you. So, yes, Satan can throw up barriers to stop you, but only for a time. And let me just say to you, you don't have to be afraid of that because Satan cannot stop God. He may stop you, he may stop me, but he cannot stop God's ultimate will from happening in this world. That is good news. He can stop you or me for a moment. He can't stop God from being at work. He can't stop God's will from ultimately being done. You can take comfort in that, even in your intense longing. As we read through this passage, there's a fourth thing that this intense longing is generated by in Paul's life. He says in chapter three, verse one, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves at Athens, and we sent Timothy to you. And then a few verses later, he says, when we could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. There are times, there are times when you can stand it no longer. That's an expression of intense longing. There are times when a concern for others and a conviction about what needs to be done meet in your life, and they can't be denied you can stand it no longer. You hear God saying, you need to be doing this. You need to be living there in order to make a difference. You need to help with that area of church ministry. Maybe it's with preschoolers. Maybe it's junior hires or senior hires. You need to make a difference with your life in this area of ministering to women, or you fill in the blank." There's this time when you have a sense of that is the right thing to do. But then that volume on that thought grows louder and louder and louder into an intense longing. There comes a point when the volume gets so loud, like in your car, if the, if the stereo volume keeps getting turned up and up and up, it gets so loud, you have to do something about it. You have to do something about it now. That's the intense longing that we're talking about. What do you do? when you have an intense longing. You do something about it. Now, I want you to notice in this passage what Paul did. Paul sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage them. That's an incredibly important biblical principle. When you have an intense longing about ministry, do something about it. Strengthen God's people. Encourage God's people. That's the best thing to do. But notice that Paul sent Timothy to do that. Even if you can't do it, someone else can. It is important to remember that intense desire does not mean that you have to be the one doing it all. A lot of us make that mistake. God may have given you the desire so that you could pass it along to someone else. If He prevents you from doing it, guess what? That doesn't mean He doesn't want someone to do it. You pass it along to someone else. As we take a few minutes to pray together today, let's pray about the intense longing that God may have put into your heart. And let me just ask you in in a spirit of prayer. Is there something that you feel needs to be changed for God's sake? You can stand it no longer. That's an intense longing. When it comes to serving others and making a difference in this world for others, that is an intense longing. What can you do about it? Well, you start with prayer. Talk to God about it right now and say, God, here it is, here's the way that I feel. But I don't know what to do about it. I don't know where to take this feeling so I begin by taking it to you. And I ask you to help me to know just the first step. God, i would be honest. I would love to know the whole plan. I'd love you to paint the whole picture. The, show me the entire map. But I know that's not going to happen. You show me one step at a time. So show me the next step. And then, God, by your grace, give me the strength to take that step. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tomorrow we're gonna to be looking at verses five to seven, two more of these five emotions of ministry.